Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. I want to get started. Well, I, I know where I want to get started. Unfortunately, the uh, the Alex Murdoch murder trial is uh, currently ongoing. That's actually on the TV uh, here in the studio. Uh, and, and that's, I've kind of been watching, uh, you heard the, the news report about it in, in Fox just now. Uh, y'all, this is, it's not just the case of this former lawyer who, uh, shot his wife and son or allegedly did. There's like a whole bizarre backstory to this. If you've never followed this, it is absolutely just crazy. Uh, in, in September of 2021, he claims that somebody uh, tried to uh, tried to kill him. According to his lawyer, Alex Murdoch told investigators he was changing a flat tire on a rural road when a person in a pickup truck passed by, asked him if he was having car trouble, and then shot him in the head. But incredibly, 12 days later, on September 16th, Alex Murdoch appeared in court for allegedly trying to plan his own death by conspiring with Curtis Smith to shoot him. Smith, a handyman, says he's a distant cousins of, cousin of Murdoch, but only got to know Alex well uh, a few years ago, and he started doing odd jobs for the family. Oh, man. I just there's there, there's a a piece from CBS News. It was a news report that was done back in October 2021. It was then updated this past summer. Uh, but the headline is the Murdoch Mysteries: Five Deaths with a Connection to Disgraced South Carolina Attorney Family Under Investigation. This is just a bizarre story. If y'all haven't followed, I mean, it it is truly truly weird. It hasn't captured the attention of America like some of the more famous murders that we've. You know, the Casey Anthony stuff and all that. But, man, this is just a bizarre trip if you've read anything about it. I, Man, I'd... Oh, God. Just, I, I, I could go down this particular rabbit hole and possibly never come out. But I'm not going to do that. I will... I want to move on to the other stuff. But follow that trial because it is a just a bizarre story that you can't... It's like... It's not as, like, grotesque of an attention grabber as Tiger King was, but it is certainly a rabbit hole. All right, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, uh, send a message through the KPEL app chat as well. I want to start with actually the conversation that I had. If you listen to uh, Acadiana's Morning News, which if you didn't, shame on you, because that is always a stellar morning show. On Acadiana's Morning News, I joined uh, Brandon and Bernie for Winging It Wednesday. And the first topic of the morning was income tax, the state and federal proposals to kind of get rid of the income tax. And I want to start on the federal one because I've actually, like, I've done a fair bit of reading, no pun intended, into the fair tax. And the fair tax is an interesting proposal. Uh, If you don't know the history behind it, the fair tax as we know it was a tax proposal that was developed by former longtime radio talk show host, libertarian slash conservative, mostly libertarian talk show host, Neil Bortz, and former Georgia congressman, John Linder. And the basic proposal was, again, 
if you didn't hear me this morning, if you heard me this morning, I, I apologize for rehashing some of the same stuff. But if you didn't, the basic idea is that it eliminates the income tax and you go with an all federal sales tax. And the the idea, you know, isn't a terrible one. The The basic premise, the basic talking point is rather than the federal government taking from you before you can take care of your family, you take care of your family and then pay the government afterwards. It comes from that sales tax. Not the worst idea out there. Um, right now, there's a big argument. Uh, the the fair tax pro, the fair tax act that is currently before the House that Kevin McCarthy agreed to allow to come to the floor for a vote. Uh, the white paper, basically the policy paper on it, explaining it, says this will equate to about a thirty percent tax. But that is if you go by income tax standards, if you go by purely sales tax standards, it's more like a 23% sales tax on everything for everybody in the country. And the fair tax crowd is not happy with the, 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 the not the people who wrote the act or this policy paper, but the people who've been proponents of it for a while. They're not happy with that 30% number because it sounds much higher than the 23% that the uh, fair tax would actually kind of create in terms of the sales tax. But the idea is that you don't really need the IRS. You don't really need a federal income tax. You don't need this punitive, uh, you know, bureaucratic agency out of the federal government to come and punish you for not paying your fair share. You go to a grocery store, you pay higher, you know, you, you pay more because you're paying higher taxes there, but you don't have to worry about, you know, your annual income or anything, you know, income tax statement or anything like that. Uh, accountants won't be happy. Uh, but that's neither here nor well. I guess if you keep the state income tax, you still might need. It. Anyway, the point is, the fair tax is an interesting proposal, and it's also a proposal that has uh, a snowball's chance in hell of passing. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is out today saying, "I'm no, I'm not voting for this." Kevin McCarthy was never in favor of it. Kevin McCarthy gave, made a concession to bring it to the floor, which is all the conservatives wanted. I mentioned this the other day. All the conservatives want is the ability to debate. On some of these issues. I mean, yes, uh, Buddy Carter, a representative from Georgia, who is the one who is behind this push for the fair tax, Buddy Carter would love for the fair tax to act, to, to pass. But there are numerous, I mean, every Democrat plus most Republicans, actually, when you, if you were to ask them privately, are pretty much against this idea. Uh, the fair tax is, um, it's a good idea in theory. But most politicians understand that, one, they don't really like it. They don't want to mess with how the government is funded. Two, they know that even if they get it passed, then you have the whole uh, you have the whole how do we abolish the 16th Amendment type thing? What set up the federal income tax in the first place? So it's a very tricky situation. And you'll find that most Republicans are going to be as against it as almost all Democrats are. It's not going to be very popular. It's not going to pass the House, much less the Senate would definitely not get signed into law by Biden. There is no chance of overturning the veto. It's going nowhere, but it's being brought to the floor, which is actually the more interesting part of this, that finally some of these policies that some conservatives have been pushing for forever, finally getting to the floor of the House. And this push for more debate on these policies is actually a good thing. Going back to the initial Kevin McCarthy for Speaker debate, what conservatives were really pushing for, what they were really hoping for, is a chance 
for them to be able to bring these policy proposals forward and to have that debate. The House, under both Democrat and Republican control, has been operating for the past couple decades, really since the Obama years, of top-down legislation where leadership comes up with a legislation proposal, they give it to somebody, they write the bill, etc. It doesn't go through the usual process. Now, what they're pushing for, what they're getting is more legislators are able to bring these major policy proposals up before the rest of the House, and there's actual debate on it. There will be actual debate on the fair tax. There's already people out there blasting it, but there will be an actual debate on the floor of the House on the fair tax, which I think is a good thing. We need more of these honest policy debates in the House. So that's where we stand on the fair tax. I mentioned that this morning. Uh, we're about to take a break because uh, I want to come back and talk about the state income tax stuff, too. But we do have a caller on the line. I want to get to them. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Larry. Hey, Larry. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm calling in regards to your, your comments, and uh, this is my perspective. Anytime you say anything federal, my radar goes up and completely yeah. opposed to it. Yeah. And the reason is the states need to reclaim their sovereignty and their power. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense that we keep sending tax dollars to the federal Leviathan because yeah. they're going to take it and they're going to divvy it out the way that they want. Uh, if you, uh, the minute that you talk about a federal tax, you're basically cutting into what's happening at the state level as well, because you're you're forcing state citizens to turn around and having to give that the funds that they make in their states and hand it over to the federal government. Yeah. You know, most people on the low end will be paying ten percent, but here's a better idea. Here's a much better idea. Yeah. They need to get away from the federal, and they need to get more towards the... I have a very good friend who came up with a, a, a very sound policy to go through the banks. And what you do is you basically charge a very minimal amount or fee, whatever you want to call it, at the uh, bank level, every bank. And then that turns over, and it it's given to the well, let's call it the federal, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I much prefer state sovereignty than all what's going on right now. So there are better plans. And the minute you talk about federal, we're, we're giving our sovereignty up. We're, if ever there's a a digital coin a currency system, it gets even worse. So that's, that's my, my feedback there. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. And I don't disagree with you. I, I very much uh, am not a favor of the uh, of really of, of, of anything federal, kind of like you. But um, you, know, you do have to fund the government. So, so tax money is involved there. But uh, I think at the same time. What we what we really need to do, you're absolutely right. We need to do a lot of focusing on how we're funding our state and local governments as well. This and this can't just be a top down thing. This has to be. We've got to look at every single level and do it. And uh, before we go, Chris on the KPL app, which you can send a message to, and I do read those messages there. Chris points out that would be you know this thirty percent on top of your state and local sales taxes. Can you imagine? Uh, that much extra on a car or home. 
that is an incredible point as well. This is going to go on top of everything else and it is going to make at a time when inflation is already making things already pricing us out of a lot of things. Uh, that does hurt you on the grocery bill a bit more. But I want to, you know, while we're talking about the federal and, and talking about state sovereignty and stuff like that, I want to talk about the state income tax as well, because, of course, we have these proposals that are coming forward in the legislature about getting rid of the state income tax as well. I want to talk about that. Of course, your calls, your comments on the face on the KPL app chat. Uh, call in 232-1542 if you want to. I'll be right back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. So the fair tax is not going to pass the the House, much less the Senate, much less get signed into to law by Joe Biden. I feel like eliminating the state income tax will also uh will also fail uh, because John Bill Edwards has no interest in doing that. I don't think that they'll, that the, uh, the Republicans in Baton Rouge will have the votes to overturn that veto. Uh, before I go on, let's go back to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham show. Who am I talking to? Hi. Hi. What you got? Hey, uh, yeah. Every time I hear the issue of tax come up and hear both sides, they always struggle on what we're going to do. Well, the government's way too big, way too wasteful. There are a bunch of tyrants that just keep consuming more and more. They obviously need a lot less. We really shouldn't have property tax and income tax because that's not a free country. Mm-hmm. When you're renting your property from the government, that's what it is in that property tax. Mm-hmm. And when you look for the government and they take a cut, and the state lies to so they take more from some and less from others. All right. Thank you very much. You're kind of fading out a little bit there. Thank you very much for the call. But I, I got your basic point. And, and yeah, um, that's all, that's a conservative and also a very libertarian complaint. The, the fact that the government has no right to your money, to the, just like nobody has any right to your services. Nobody has any, you know. We say we have, you know, the uh, the freedom of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Uh, we talk about uh, property rights and things like that. And we, we're supposed to have all these rights, but at the same time, we have to pay the government for all that. That is, that is a system that is really, really rigged against the average person. Uh, that's one of the reasons why... Um, that's run, that's one of the reasons that I'm always hesitant on the the tax proposals to the government because as you said the, as that caller said at the beginning of their call 
Um, the the government clearly doesn't have a funding problem. The government has a spending problem. Okay, if you double your salary from one year to the next, but your bank account is still always in the red by the end of every month, that's you. It's not that you need to go out and look for a different job for a higher paying job. You need to check and see what you're spending money on. And yes, there are times when expenses go up and prices go up and things like that. But in general, you can negate those by balancing your checkbook, by checking to make sure that what you're buying, what you're paying for is necessary stuff. The budget fight, the debt ceiling fight is such an important part of all that. And... That's another thing the conservatives really have to fight on. I think it's going to be the most important fight that Kevin McCarthy has in the near future because it's going to take a while. And the Democrats and even some conservatives, or even some Republicans are sitting back and they're not they're not giving McCarthy a hand. In fact, when we get back, I'm going to go into the state income tax stuff, too. But when we come back, I do want to talk about the debt ceiling fight and how McCarthy really seems that he has to go it alone at this point. That and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. As I've mentioned a few times, you can also reach out via the KPL app chat. Mark in New Iberia uh, has checked in looking at the past frequency in bills in which bills names are generally stating what it is. They do not do passing a fair tax would not be fair to we the taxpayers, which is a, a generally good point. Uh, the fair tax in reading and, and and again I've done a lot of reading. I was a huge Neil Bortz fan when he was on the radio. He's he 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 offered something different than what most other radio show hosts did because he was more libertarian. And at the time when I was really listening to him was you know my my late college days when I was really more in the middle than I am now. Uh, but he but in in reading the fair tax. Uh, and there's an actual book, the Fair Tax book that was written by Bortz and, and John Linder. Um, the Fair Tax, the reason it's called the Fair Tax is because everybody pays the same amount, this federal sales tax, essentially. And again, that's really oversimplifying it. But it's this federal sales tax, essentially. Everybody pays the same amount. It's much the same premise as the flat tax, which is income tax based, but everybody paying the same percent. The problem is, and the biggest opponents of it are the folks saying, yes, everybody's paying the same percentage, but 23% sales tax hurts poor and, and lower income citizens more than it hurts higher income, rich folks, which is a very valid point in that, you know, 
in if if we're all you know buying the same groceries, the people who you know make forty thousand a year or less, really, uh, that that twenty three percent federal sales tax on top of uh, on top of the state and local sales tax, that's, that's really painful. Whereas for somebody who's at higher income, who's, you know, making six figures a year or more, that doesn't hurt them nearly as much. The offset to that is that those who are at the higher income, you know, levels, they have more big ticket purchase items. They will ultimately be paying more in taxes, but it's still the amount, the percentage that people at the lower income levels, they feel that more. So that's how it's supposed to be fair. But Mark, in general, you are right. When whenever somebody says, uh, whenever a bill says something that tends to do the opposite, the only exception of that that I know of right now is Josh Hawley's uh, proposal to ban uh, uh, trading stocks among Congress, which is the Pelosi Act, and it, it stands for it, I forget what the the letters in Pelosi stands for, but it that was absolutely brilliant. Um. We've got Mitch from Lafayette weighing in. As a gainfully employed citizen, my first response to abolishing the income and replacement with increased sales tax is, heck yes. However, I always try to look at the aspects of an issue, and I can't help but think for those on a fixed income, such as retirees and students, how will how it will affect them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, that's that's one of the uh, – one of the biggest challenges here. That's that's why they use the terms progressive and regressive in terms of, of tax policy. Progressive tax, not meaning like liberal, but progressive, means the more that you make, the more you pay. So people who are on a fixed, steady income, uh, because they're not going to make as much as somebody who is perhaps advancing in salary, their their percentage they they don't pay. You know, they won't not have to pay as much. Uh, this is going to be, I think, the biggest issue on any sort of tax reform. But the bigger issue, and it's why I want to go to the state level stuff too, is that any sort of tax reform is not just as simple as a single bill, a single vote. This is a highly nuanced issue, like most things are, and we just kind of ignore it because we want our talking points. But you can't just abolish an income tax. You have to completely rewrite a tax code to do that. Now you can vote to abolish the tax code and just give simple percentages and that be the tax code. I mean, the American tax code is something like 76 volumes that are each about a thousand pages or more, something like that. It's incredible how complex the American tax code is. And even at the state level, it's a fairly complex thing because we like loopholes. We like tax breaks. We like these giveaways and handouts. We like to make sure that we're taking enough from one and, and giving back to another. And that's, not always the fairest way to do that because the ones who really get the biggest tax breaks are the ones who really don't need it, if you think about it honestly. But it's a highly nuanced issue, and that's why the state looking at it, the state legislature looking at it, I think is ultimately going to be a, a fascinating exercise. But you know, we're, we're going to be looking at uh, something that probably doesn't pass, at least without having uh, – at least without having uh, a, a lot of structural changes made. 
the state taxes, the state tax proposal, one of the proposals out there is kind of like the fair tax, but at the state level, let's just get rid of the income tax and have a higher state sales tax, which, okay, at its core, seems fair. Everybody's paying the same percentage, all that. Uh, Democrats will still have the same problems, like I mentioned, with the fair tax and 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 how it's a, a the percent people who the lower income can't afford that percentage as much as those on a higher income. But it has to be revenue neutral. And again, the problem at the state and federal level, and particularly here in Louisiana, is that we don't have a revenue problem, at least yet. We have a spending problem. We spend, we suckle on the man boob of Uncle Sam as a state. Now, John Bell Edwards, if nothing else, he's very good at weather emergencies and declarations of emergencies and getting federal money into the state. And then that federal money gets used to pay for all sorts of things in Louisiana. But eventually, the money runs out and you have to start begging for more. But what if you have a year like this year? What if you have a year where you don't have as many uh, natural emergencies? You don't have as many natural uh, natural cause emergencies, No, not as many hurricanes. We didn't get a whole lot of federal money this year as a result just from these. You still have some coming in from the previous year's hurricane season. But what if we have two, three, four years where we don't have as many hurricanes hitting? What happens to the state money then? We stop getting federal money for some of these things. All of a sudden, we have a deficit because we've allowed our budget to balloon to, to encompass all this federal money that we've been getting. At no point have we had any real meaningful cuts. So I don't – tax reform is great. I love the idea of tax reform. I would love to see tax reform. I would, I would go all Grover Norquist on this if I could. But I don't trust the people who are in power at the state or federal level to spend the money that we do give them properly. And I think that's the biggest hesitation for a lot of us out there. We've watched and seen how the government spends the money, and we're not happy with the result. And we all have our pet projects, the things that we want to see funded fully, you know, and to their credit, the conservatives in Congress who stood opposed to McCarthy, one of the concessions was everything has to be on the table, including military spending, including some of those things that uh, Republicans really like to spend money on because the Republicans aren't about reducing spending. The Republicans are just about shifting spending over to what they want. And the conservatives are like, no. We need, I don't know, 10% across the board on everything. We need something. We need some kind of structural cuts because in the United States, our deficit is outpacing our GDP, which is financially catastrophic. In Louisiana, we are sub, we, we are supplemented by a lot of federal money. When that federal money runs out and it's going to run out, we're going to be stuck with a massive bill. We're going to be stuck with a massive deficit in our budget. And we do, before we look at tax reform, before we look at any major structural tax reform issues, we really need to look at our spending issues. We really need to look and figure out what is it we're spending money on? Why are we spending money on it? Do we need to be spending this much on it? Is there a lot of bloat somewhere in there? I can guarantee if you look with a critical enough eye, if you look in with an unbiased and critical eye, you can find plenty of things to cut. 
But that requires a lot of honesty from a class of people, politicians, who much prefer talking points and propaganda to honesty. That's just a fact. Not everybody, but most of the ones with a, with a voice, most of the ones with power, they much prefer their own talking point. They much prefer their own ideas rather than actually looking uncritically and honest and unbiased at things. And that's where we really, really need to focus our efforts. I don't care who becomes the governor, who gets seated in, at the beginning of 2024, so long as that person says we're going to look at the budget and we are going to make substantial cuts and we are going to get our fiscal house back in order so that we have money to give to teachers, so that we have money for infrastructure. We're not begging the federal government to give us money for either. We have the money to fund our police departments and fund new initiatives in the communities to be able to reduce crime, to be able to get our kids back, uh, to be able to get our education back to where it needs to be. All these things we can spend money on, but we're so bloated and spending things that we don't need to spend and spending money poorly and not expecting good results from it. That the bottom line to everything is that we're just struggling along and we're, we're hoping other people pay those bills. And so rather than look at those problems, we're going to say, hey, let's focus on tax reform because everybody likes the idea of tax reform. Everybody hates taxes. Everybody hates paying taxes. Let's say we're reforming something and then make it seem cool and then turn and walk away and nothing get done. But we tell everybody something got done. They're still paying taxes and nothing is actually getting better. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation or if you want to send a message through the KPL app chat, let's take this break. When we come back, I'll talk about the McCarthy stuff. We've got plenty more to talk about here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 if you want to call and had some interesting calls and interesting messages uh, on the on the app chat. Love it when I hear from y'all. Uh, feel free to call in. So my morning column, if you have subscribed to my Substack, which is joecunninghamshow.substack.com, you got this in the email. It was also up at redstate.com this morning. Um. Uh, it looks like, I'm sorry, the one this morning, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the one from yesterday. Um, the one, the, the column I wrote yesterday, what was on Substack yesterday. Kevin McCarthy is, um, he's really having to go this budget process alone. And... The the Republicans in the Senate, even the conservative ones, are perfectly fine with the House taking up this debt ceiling fight so long as it doesn't impact them right now. And truth be told, this is a fight that needs to start in the House. The House, by constitutional mandate, is the it can, controls the purse strings of government. So anything to deal with the debt ceiling or 
the uh, the funding of government. It does need to originate from there. The House needs to take control of that. They frankly need to take that power back. They've they've given that power to various federal agencies under the executive branch. And as a result, that's where a lot of our mismanagement of money in, in the federal government comes from. Joe Biden and the Democrats are adamant that a clean debt ceiling has to come through. And even some Republicans are like, yeah, we should just do it and move on. Biden maintains, no, we're not going to we're not going to negotiate on this. Uh, Biden, frankly, does have kind of the upper hand here. He's still got the Senate. He can probably win over some Republicans in the House if he whipped up uh, votes. But uh, with the government funded until the end of September, uh, many Republicans are turning to McCarthy. It's like, you wanted to be the leader. Here you go. And he's kind of having to go it alone. No support from the Senate. His leadership team in the House is looking up to him to, t- to lead this charge. The fight could go on for weeks or even months. Uh, it's his first major test as Speaker. And it's not really uh, hyperbolic to say this is, you know, the, the fiscal health of the United States being on the line here. Uh, Politico refers to the cuts as draconian, the cuts that that Republicans want to push forward, uh, which means that Politico has no idea what the word draconian means. But uh, what's on the table for a lot of Republicans, uh, uh, federal health care, education, science and labor programs, uh, even military spending, uh, they want to look at everything. There are some legitimate solvency issues with Medicare and Social Security there are some legitimate issues with how much we're spending in terms of the military. And Republicans want to look at everything. They want to cut quite a bit. And the Democrats are not going to be happy. And some Republicans are not going to be happy. But frankly, it's a fight that has to be had. And going back to the conversation from throughout the day today, I don't know why today ended up being a, a full hour of of uh, tax and financial policy. But here we are. Um Actually, it's been nice to not have to talk about the news of the day so heavily and just kind of talk about some broader issues. But anyway, we're at a pretty dire point in the country. And and for years, we have, as to bring back that old phrase, we've kicked the can down there. Oh, we'll just raise the debt ceiling. We'll We'll deal with it later. The problem is, eventually later gets here. And when you look at the fact that our national deficit is greater than our GDP, that's a huge problem. Us not raising the debt ceiling or us partnering that with cuts does not downgrade our credit rating. We are constitutionally obligated to pay off our debts. What will downgrade our credit rating as a country will be spending more than we make. Which shows other people we can't afford to pay what we owe. That will hurt the credit rating of the United States. The very basis of even a lot of capitalism is debt. You need to spend money to start your business, to run your business in order to make money. Even at the capitalist level, which I'm not saying government should necessarily be run as a business, but debt has to exist. The problem is 
you can't just continuously dig yourself deeper and deeper into debt and never actually address that debt, which is what we're now doing. It's a major, major financial problem in the United States. And at some point, we've got to fix it. All right, y'all. That's it for me. 23 hours until I'm back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. I told you about Substack, JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. The podcast of today's episode will be up there later. I think some bonus commentary may be coming up later this evening as well, so check that out. And as always, check out Shannon is Offsides, which is coming up next right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.